Okay, welcome to the Kapow Radio Show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Miss Kapow, and today's date is December 18th, 2017. Cool. Today we're going to talk about fables. Yes, fables. Some fables we have to be aware of. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about the Ministry of Questions. Did you know, Miss Kapow, there's such a thing called the Ministry of Questions? No, I didn't. Yes, and that there are ministers of questions. Ministers of questions. It's when someone is a minister, right, in the Christian Mm -hmm. faith, Mm -hmm. and they create more questions by talking about endless genealogies and fables ah. rather than talking about godly edifying, which is in faith in Jesus Christ. So these ministers of questions are more of the beard scratchers. Yeah. Yeah. They minister questions rather than minister the gospel. Mm-hmm. So they have a ministry of questions. There's all kinds of them out there. I'm not going to name names. Yeah. I don't have all day, but... You know, the uh, you're chasing after everything but the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. Okay. All right. I... And what's going on today. So let's do something different. We'll start with the scripture. Okay. Okay. First Timothy 1 through 6, and then we're going to skip down to 18 through 20. All right. I'll read it. All right. By Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior, and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope, unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord, as I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions, rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned, from which some, having swerved, have turned aside unto vain jangling. Verse 18, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare, holding faith in a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Okay, so we read that, we go over it. Most of, it have, have, most of us have read this numerous times. But as usual, we're going to break it down a little bit. And let's talk um, really in the second verse here that Paul is saying, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father. And grace, we know grace is God extends his saving grace to us. Mm -hmm. And uh, mercy and peace. But I thought it was interesting that mercy, the Greek word for mercy, ilios, is like a compassion, but it's uh, a kindness or goodwill towards the miserable and the afflicted, mm-hmm. joined with the desire to help them. 
And I think that says a lot about where we're at on the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you're really following or really trying to follow God's law, you're really trying to follow God through his son, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and, and live that way. Um, oftentimes you're miserable in this world. Right. And so God extends his mercy to you. Yeah, That's what you, Paul's Lord. talking about. Mm-hmm. Paul goes through a lot of um, trials mm-hmm. and persecutions. And he's talking about that mercy. And of course, God's peace from God. Now, Paul is talking to Timothy and he says, he's given him in this these few verses a command, a charge. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's saying that he wants Timothy to charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in other words, there were people in this early house church, this gathering, this ecclesia of Christians that were apparently teaching other doctrines than the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of scholars here believe that in these uh, pastoral epistles, there were the beginnings of Gnostic teachings or the seed or the seeds of what later became full-blown Gnosticism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and that um, science or Gnosis, the knowledge was being mixed with Judaism and the law and creating this hybrid Christianity that wasn't focused on Christ, mm-hmm. but on other things. Right, right. And this was like the very beginning of it. So it started happening right away within the first... 20 to 30 years after Christ's resurrection, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and you see that as, as it grown and grown throughout the, the centuries. Uh, today, you know, almost uh, 2,000 years later, we got, I mean, a really, really hybrid of biblical Christianity, you know. And that, really, that's what our book's about, that um, Christianity of Blasphemy. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what it's about. It's about a new Gnostic lie. It's about the blending of an old... Gnostic belief system with Christianity and coming up with a new Gnostic lie to present it as Christian. So if you haven't read that book, it's it's on ebook. It's also in paperback. It's very short. I think it's only 40 some odd pages. Um, so it's a very easy read in one set. I would say uh, to get it because it's a it's a really it's a dire warning. All right, on this. Uh, and it's exactly what Paul was talking about way back then. Right. So he's charging Timothy, don't teach any other doctrine. Don't go crazy. And not only that, don't teach any other doctrine besides the Lord Jesus. But in verse 4, he says, not only that, but neither give heed to fables. Fables. So fables. don't pay attention to these fables. <clears throat> yeah, don't give heed to them. And what's a fable? A fable is a myth. Mm-hmm. It's a tale. It's fiction. It's a narrative story. It's it's an invention. It's falsehood. And do we have that today? Do you you have a lot of tales and falsehoods? Oh, definitely. Yeah, you do. Definitely. And over the Christmas season, you're going to hear a lot of fables mm-hmm. about baby Jesus and the birth and 
you know, Magi and stars and, you know, he's the reason for the season. You're going to, you're going to hear a lot of different fables and myths and things like that, that are ne- not necessarily the gospel of Christ. And the other time you're going to hear a lot of it also is uh, during Easter. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get to that in a bit. We're going to skip Christmas and we're going to go to, <laughs> we're going prior to Easter yeah, because we have a specific thing. Well, uh, you know, even if you look at the nativity set, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where the the Magi surrounding baby Jesus. Yeah. In the Bible, that's not what it says. They right. when they came to see Jesus, he was it and home. He wasn't in a um a, a manger. manger. Yeah. Yeah, and he was already a little older. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, well there's yeah, a lot of things. And so they you, they make this Christmas story, they surround it's it's made up. A lot of it's made up. Right. But you know. that's the only gospel people know. Yeah. And it's not right. Yeah. Absolutely. And so Paul warns about that. Mm-hmm. Don't give heed to fables and endless genealogies. So back then, and this is what the scholars say, the scholars say that, um, number one, fables, because this was the seed of Gnostic thought, that the fables were referring to legends about the origin and propagation of angels. And there were false teachers back then, even in Colossians chapter 2, 18 to 23, there were, um, Paul talked about fables. Mm -hmm. And there he said, let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, including into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. So making stuff up. Mm-hmm. Now you might say, well, we don't worship angels today. Not a whole lot of people say that, but you know, there's a lot of saint worship, yep. right? In a certain denominations, saint worship. There's a lot of pastoral worship. There's a lot of, it's the same thing. Right. Jewish fables in Titus, Paul writes, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. They actually turn you from truth. Profane and why old wives' fables. Paul mm-hmm. writes in 1 Timothy 4 and 2 Timothy 4. He says, but refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. And they shall turn their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. So all th- these are all things Paul wrote because he saw it in his day. And this is something that's, that has continued. And all you have to do is, you know, listen to many other podcasts or YouTubers. And there's DVDs out there about a lot of things. You know, there's many Christians who are um, just adamant that the earth is flat. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they just, they get crazy and militant about it. And um, I mean, they make a big deal. And it matters whether you believe it's round, a globe, or flat to them. And they go through great you know, lengths to prove it's flat. And there's many Christians out there that absolutely believe in the Mandela effect or, you know, so they're, they're caught up in these, these old wife tales. They're caught up in a vain ministry of questions, right? Because they create more questions Mm -hmm. than anything else. Um, You know what I mean? Oh gosh. So you you can go around chasing crystal skulls and Nephilim all day long spirits and ghosts. You could do that all day long. Mm -hmm. 
But Paul's saying, don't teach any other doctrine that what I have taught. Right. The doctrine of Christ. And these are fables. So back then, they were Jewish fables. They're propagation of angels, false teachings. And of course, genealogies, it's not merely such civil genealogies among the Jews where they trace their descent from the patriarchs, to which, you know, Paul wouldn't object to that. But here you see there are a class of fables connected with Gnostic genealogies of spirits and eons, as they called them, eons. Mm-hmm. So there's like a list of Gnostic emanations that that the this, these teachings were coming in there. It's anything that's not the gospel of Christ, really. Right? That's right. And I think it's interesting that the Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown commentary actually uses this phrase that says the Judaizers here alluded to while maintaining the perpetual obligation of the Mosaic law joined with it a theosophic aesthetic tendency. A theosophic. Now think of um, Madame Blavatsky Mm-hmm. And her theosoph- uh, theosophy society. Right. It's Gnosticism. Definitely. So <clears throat> they were pretending to see in these genealogies and stuff mysteries that were deeper than others could see. And they were endless. They were tedious. They were unprofitable. They were lengthy. And so Paul opposes these things. So you are you following, you know, what what he's getting there? Yeah. So Paul says neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions. And that's why I started off with, do you know there's minister ministers of questions? Mm-hmm. There's ministry of questions. And they go, what's your ministry about? My ministry is about creating questions. But that's that's not a ministry. Not the gospel of Christ. Mm -hmm. The gospel of Christ answers questions. You don't create a bunch of questions talking about crystal skulls or nephilims or, you know, rubber fairies that they found in Peru. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of it out there. And there's a lot of Christianity mixed with stuff. I'm just saying take heed and be careful. And this Christmas season, like Ms. Kapow was talking about the nativity, and coming up Easter, and all the time. All, all the time. Yeah. They're always looking for opportunities, right? Yeah. Yeah. To to bring in something that's different than the gospel. Mm-hmm. Just, it's not, they're not going to come. Satan is not going to come. His ministers are not going to come and go, no more Christianity, no more Bible. We're getting rid of it. That's, they hate the King James Version, but they don't just come and get rid of it. Because that would attract too much attention, number one, right? That's right. And then there would, you know, people would walk in there, you know, I'm suspicious. Why would they want to get rid of that? Blah, blah, blah. What they do is they marginalize it. You can buy a King James Version Bible at Walgreens for five bucks. Just a little Bible. But if you want a really good Bible, the best manuscripts Bible, an NIV or an ESV, or, you know, the Woman's Study Bible or the Brown Man's Study Bible, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to pay 60, 70 bucks for that bad boy. You know, get it leather bound and your name on it. And, you know, you're $80 into a good Bible. But you can buy a little $5 King James. So they don't get rid of it. They just marginalize it. 
And with like the new versions, these Jesuit versions, well, they, they don't come, you know, they just don't come and go against the Bible and try to get rid of it. They adulterate it. That's how it works. So these endless genealogies and these fables, they minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith. So Paul charges Timothy to do that, godly edifying. That's what we should be talking about. I think that's what we're talking about today, Ms. Kapow. Aren't we trying to do that? Yes, definitely. Are we talking about fables and made-up things on this show right now, or are we talking about edifying the listener? We're trying to edify you and God. Mm-hmm. So we're doing exactly what Paul is commanding Timothy to do. Verse 5, now the end of the commandment, what commandment? The commandment Paul's giving to Timothy right now is charity or agape. It's a love. It's a benevolence. It's a love feast, plurally. It's brotherly love. So the end of Paul's commandment, what he's telling him, he's commanding, don't teach other doctrines, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which do nothing but cause questions, but rather... Give heed to godly edifying, which is in faith. That's the command. It's then Paul says the end of the command, the goal, the telos, the telos, the end of it is agape. It's love, but it's not just love. It's love out of a pure heart. Yes. Pure heart. Pure heart. So it is a clean, pure heart. It's physically, it could be physically clean. It's something that's purified by fire. You know, or something that's pruned like a vine Mm -hmm. or in a Levitical sense, clean or ethically clean from corruptness, sin, guilt, right? Right. A pure heart, love with a pure heart and have a good conscience. You have a good conscience when you're in Christ and you're living correctly. Mm -hmm. Even Paul says, have a good conscience with God and with man. Yes. Yes. And that comes about when you're living, walking in the spirit. And living in that faith. And the last, he says, and of faith unfeigned. So there's four things here that Paul is commanding. This is Christianity. Four things of Christianity. It's the end of his commandment. It's love, agape love. And that comes as not just sloppy love, worldly love, but it's the kind of love that comes out of a pure heart. It's the kind of love that comes out of a good conscience, and a faith unfeigned, a faith, that's faith in Christ, not faith like in religion. It's a faith, it's assurance, it's a belief, it's a fidelity, respecting your relationship to God and divine things. And it's unfeigned. What does that mean? It's not hypocritical. Yeah, sincere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not disguised. So those four things... This is the end of Paul's commandment to Timothy and the commandment to you and our charge to you. That the end, here's the end of the commandment. Here's our charge. That love, agape love, come out of you from a pure heart and of a good conscience and of unhypocritical faith. Mm-hmm. It's, that, it's that clean, right? right? So to be involved in the minister of questions and ministry of questions is not what we're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, this faith, 
that's unfeigned or this agape love, this charity that brings all this about, right? Some have swerved from it and turned aside into empty jangling, Paul says, mm. vain jangling. Verse six, from which some have having swerved have turned aside into vain jangling. So what have they swerved from? They've swerved from these four things, the end of the commandment. Right. Charity out of a pure heart, of a good conscience, and faith and faith, right? And jangling, what is that? It's empty talk. Yes, vain, empty talk. Vain, empty talk. And it's, it's what I always call the sexy stuff. It's mm-hmm. the sugar. You know, you want some sugar? You go there and feed on that sugar and just you OD on the cake and the sexy stuff and everything like that. While you're neglecting the true meat of the word of God. You know? Mm-hmm. That's what that is. And so Paul in verse 7 talks about these people and he says, desiring to be teachers of the law. They're desiring to be preachers and teachers and ministers. You know, I'm pastor, so and so, and I'm, a, I'm just in my ministry. and Right? Mm-hmm. Desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say. They have no idea what they're talking about, nor whereof they affirm it. They have no idea. Mm-hmm. They're just going to talk about fairies and... Nephilim skulls and flat earth and, oh, simulated sons. And <laughs> and they think that's a ministry. Yeah, and they think that's a ministry. Lord, yeah. yeah. You know, just talking about all the, the se- sexy stuff. Oh, it's all interesting. But Paul's charging us, just don't take heed to these endless fables that they create more questions than answers. Let's stick to the gospel and our doctrines. Because that's what's bringing the eternal salvation. It's changing our lives, right? It's important. And Paul says in verse 8, but we know that the law is good. Oops, I don't want to go to law 8. I want to stop at 6. And I read 7. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Went a little far. And uh, and then we're going to 18 through 19. And so he goes back and he says, this charge or this command I commit unto thee, Timothy, according to the prophecies which were on thee. Thou, thou mightest war a good warfare. So that's not just like a fight. It's not like that you, you know, fight a good fight. It's He's at war. It's a whole military campaign. His whole life is, is about spiritual warfare. And I'm not talking just deliverance and casting out demons. That's just one part of it. His whole life is spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is the discerning of the enemy and fighting the enemy and exposing it and tearing apart strongholds and things like that. That's what it means to be sober-minded. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. You know, like um, like when Jesus was um, confronted by Peter, you know, after he told his disciples what was going to happen to him in Jerusalem, and Peter turned to him and said, Oh, no, Lord, that, that can't happen. The Lord, being sober-minded, knew where that spirit was coming from, and he rebuked it. Yeah, because our Lord was not only in the warfare, he was, he's the general, right? That's right. So he understood, he understood where the enemy was coming from. Mm -hmm. That's a great example. You're in the war. You're fighting a good warfare, not a bad warfare. It, It didn't say that you had a choice not to be in the warfare. You don't have a choice. You're in war. It's just that some people, a lot of people, don't realize it and don't want to address it, so they just get beat up. 
Mm-hmm. Right? They just lose. But you're in a war. Christianity of Blasphemy, a new Gnostic lie, is an urgent warning for every Christian. It exposes the sinister plan to blend a form of ancient Gnosticism with Christianity, thus creating a new Gnostic lie. Christianity of Blasphemy, a new Gnostic lie, is available from all online digital retailers, such as Amazon and iBooks. Other formats for reading on your computer or printing it out are available at fifthhookmedia.com. F-I-F-T-H-O-O-K media.com. Start preparing yourself against this demonic delusion. The Capel Radio Show Network produces high-quality podcasts that you definitely want to hear. So stick around and get prepared to stimulate your spirit. Verse 19, Paul says to Timothy, holding faith, holding faith in Christ, your belief in Christ, because that's, that's what's bringing you salvation. Holding faith and a good conscience. That good conscience comes out of your faith in Christ, mm-hmm. which some, some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. Mm. Now, for all those who are once saved, always saved, I don't know how in the world somebody could put away something if they never had it. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, the, 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 the Calvary Chapel pastor who told me, you know, well, if someone falls or backslides, it's because they were, they were never saved in the first place. Right? Mm-hmm. They backslid because they were never saved in the first place. But Paul says differently. Paul says, having put away concerning faith, have made themselves shipwrecked. How could they put away something they never had? That's right. They're not, he's not talking about people of the world that never had it. People of the world can't make themselves shipwrecked in this, in this sense because they never had the faith. So some can. Turn away from the faith, from the va- the belief in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And they do this with the endless fables of genealogies and the ministry of questions. That's right. And then he ends with these two names, Hymenius and Alexander. And Paul says, I turned them under Satan. I gave them into Satan, the accuser, Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. So Satan is going to attack them spiritually and physically and the whole bit. So that they can turn to repentance, hopefully. That they'll go, man, I need to repent. And that's what that's about. But that's a real thing. When you get out from the covenant of God and under that umbrella, and you start going into the ministry of questions, this is what happens. You're out flapping in the wind. You're no longer in the war fighting warfare. You're now running over the hills. Okay? Mm-hmm. So having said all of that, starting with the scripture first and breaking that down, what that is, Ms. Kapow and I were discussing something that she discovered about fables and endless genealogies and the ministry of questions. Mm-hmm. And what she was looking at was the glut. There's a bunch of Christian, quote unquote, evangelical Christian type of movies. Yep. They're coming out in the in March. Yep. They're coming out in March pre 
Easter season because they have realized that this is a niche to make money from. Cultural Christianity is a good niche that you can make money from. Mm -hmm. And these movie producers, including Weinstein, Weinstein, Weinstein's Mm -hmm. company, uh, have have realized this. So, Ms. Capella, if you will, if you will just share with everybody what you found. Um, I Googled like these movies that are coming out. One is called Mary Magdalene. Uh, that's coming out March 30th of uh, next year. Uh, Paul, the Apostle of Christ, coming also out in March. Um, Samson is coming out in February of next year. Then we have this other movie called I Can Only Imagine, mm-hmm. and that's that song uh, written by um, one of the... Mercy Yeah, mm-hmm. And that's coming out also in March. And then there's that uh, God Not God's Not Dead series. Yes. That the third one is coming out also in March. So there's a whole bunch of movies coming out in March. There's one in February. And then this other one is not really a Christian movie, but I I was um the title of the movie kind of caught my eye and it's called Saturday Church. And that's coming out in January of this and it's actually um a Samuel Goldwyn film and it's about gender identification. Oh. What? Uh, yeah. This young, this young man. Let me see here. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. It's um, the summary of the church. Uh, the movie is about uh, a Saturday church. It's about a fourteen-year-old boy who's very shy and effeminate, and he finds himself coping with new responsibilities as the man of the house after his father dies. Now he's living aside alongside his mother, younger brother, and conservative conservative aunt. Uh, this boy struggles with questions about his gender identity, and he finds an escape by creating a world of fantasy filled with dance and music. Wow. Now, his journey takes him um, for a better turn when he encounters a vibrant transgender community mm. who take him to Saturday Church, which is a program for LGBTQ youth. Oh. And then he manages to keep his two worlds apart, appeasing his aunt. And of course, she's probably Christian, right? Yeah. And probably a fuddy-duddy and made to look as the enemy and discovering his passion for the uh, NYC ball scene and voguing until his double life is revealed. And then he must find the courage to be who he truly is all while asking all, all while, all the while risking the loss of who he cares most about. Mm. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And it's only because the the title Saturday well they call it church s- yeah Saturday church Saturday night church uh, Saturday church Saturday church it's um I mean I don't know but it's almost like there's some kind of uh, church out there that embraces everybody and that's when he you know mm-hmm. meets people see because in the movie this character that's playing this transgender kid mm-hmm. he's full of fables and endless genealogies and nonsense. That's right. He could never answer his questions. Why am I like this? Why am I born a boy that I want to be a female? Mm-hmm. He could never answer that. And it's it's he's turned into vain jangling. That's right. See, because because if he ever had the faith, he left it. Mm-hmm. That's what this movie. See, that's yeah. without seeing it, you can see that's where it's going. Right. It's it's not. So then he, they portray the Christian aunt, because I'm assuming that's what it is, uh-huh. um, as the. Uh, the the vi- villain 
Yeah. Just like the movie with uh, Kevin Bacon a while back. What was that one with the dancing? Dirty, oh, dirty dancing? dancing, yeah. Was it? No, it wasn't Dirty Dancing. It was oh. something else. But, you know, he played the, the kid that came to this small town and uh, he wanted to dance and he wanted to teach the pastor's daughter how to dance. And the pastor's daughter, the pastor was against it. Mm. And um, he was looked as a fuddy-duddy and as the villain. And that's how they portray uh, Christians that want to uphold the gospel, the truth of the gospel, as fuddy-duddy and the villain. Yeah. If you if you recall all those, you know, good mo- good feel good movies, that's how they always portray the uh, Christians. Yeah, those that want to uh, heed mm-hmm. no other doctrine but the doctrine of Christ. Right, <laughs> right. Now this this first movie I have written down here is Mary Magdalene, and it's um, coming out March thirtieth, and um, it's distributed by Universal Pictures, which is also um, part of Sony mm-hmm. and also a part of the Weinstein company, which I think is interesting. And a lot of these um, movies all have that same connection with these different distributors and movie conglomerates, right? But this one, um, let's see here. Uh, it stars uh, Rooney Mara. She plays Magdalene. And the Joaquin Phoenix is a well-known actor, he also plays a Jesus Christ. Mm. Now, when I, I did this research on the actors and stuff like that, I found out that um, this actress, Rooney Mara, and Joaquin Phoenix, they are actually um, have a real-life romance. Mm. They live together, blah, 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 which I think is interesting because if you look at the, the um, photo of this movie, Mary Magdalene, you see... Um, Joaquin Phoenix as Jesus really close and intimate with Mary Magdalene and you know that all these other Christian movies that have that sh- that you know those Easter movies yes. without Jesus there's always some kind of um, implication yes. that there is some kind of a romance between Mary Magdalene and Jesus Christ yes you know they may not go through that whole thing but there's always that tension and it really annoys me yes She's and, always looking at him very lovingly or flirtatiously or, you know, yeah. sexy eyes or something. Goofy. Exactly. It, it's, it, there's, that's an implication there. And so this, this picture, this poster picture of Mary Magdalene has that same kind of tension there. And it really is um, annoying, to say the least. The other thing that uh, this movie is associated with is um, called, let me see... Affirm Films, and this Affirm Films is owned by Sony, which is also tied into Universal Studios, which is in turn um, connected to Weinstein Company. Yes. And this movie, that the next movie I want to talk about is Paul, the Apostle of Christ, and who stars in it is Jim Caviezel. And he is the gentleman that played Jesus Christ in The Passion. Yes. So everybody's he's got he's got face recognition, right? As being you know a holy mm-hmm. guy. And whatever. in this movie, he doesn't play, play Paul the Apostle. He plays Luke. Okay. Okay. And the other thing uh, that I thought was interesting about this movie, um, the production company, as I said, is, is um, Affirm Films, 
And it's also associated with this uh, other company called Outside the Box, D-A-B-O-K, which is a nonprofit organization that actually asks, asks for money to help fund these movies, which I think is interesting. And it's a Catholic ministry. Yeah. And as you know, Jim, Jim Carviso is Catholic. Yeah. Now, this Outside the Box, also known as ODB, did a movie called Zombies versus Jesus. What? Yes. And this is um, one of the um, statements about this movie is called, it says that it's a, it's a redneck Jesus who kills con- um, zombies. Oh, my Lord. And what it does, it pokes fun at Christianity um, by mocking uh, the, uh, Jesus rising from the dead, right? <gasps> and it's for Catholics with a sense of humor. Oh, my so Lord. these are the people that are associated with this Affirm Films. And let me get this correct. That, and then this ODB, mm-hmm. they're asking for crowdsourced money so they can produce more... Christian uh, films. Crap films. Yeah. With, and they, they call it faith bi- faith-based films, faith-based and family films. But yet they did Jesus versus the zombies where they totally blasphemed. Yeah, because it's for Catholics with a sense of humor. Yeah. Um, and this they're also associated with a group called Giving Films, and it's also a nonprofit film. My goodness. So, um, and you'll see that some of these other films are associated with uh, people that are Catholic. One of them being Samson, this new film that's coming out in February. It um, one of the writers is a Timothy Radajasic, I think that's how his name is, and um, some guy by the name of Jason Baumgartner. Well, anyways, this Timothy Radajasic, he's also a Catholic. His brother is a uh, a priest, and um, they are. Uh, the production company of this movie is Pure Flix. And um, let's see here. Pure Flix. Yeah, and these people also produce the movie God's Not Dead series. Hmm. which And they do a lot of stuff for TBN and, you know, all yeah. them things too. So they're, um, like I said, they're faith-based propaganda. And this um, Pure Flix, the, I guess the founder... His name is uh, David White, and he happens to be in most of the movies that he makes. You know, so <laughs> yeah. he's he's one of the main actors there. Wow. And the last movie is I can only imagine that was based on the story or the song that was written by um, the gentleman from uh, Mercy Me, Bart mm-hmm. Millard. And I thought this was interesting because they have Dennis Quaid playing in this movie, uh, Cloris Leachman, and Trace Atkins. And uh, um, it's produced by Kevin Downs Production, and his brother is also Bobby Browns, and he does the uh, ChristianCinema.com. And they are associated with Samuel Golden Films, which um, I think there's somehow they're associated with um, Universal, but I don't see my notes here. But anyways, but they're here... Um, Samuel Golden uh, Films. Oh, they are also associated with the movie Saturday Church. Oh. So Samuel Golden Films uh, 
um, is associated with um, Saturday Church, as well as this movie, I Can Only Imagine. The, the transgender. Yeah. Yeah. And the theme, basically, <sighs> for a lot of these movies, mm-hmm. like uh, Paul the Apostle of Christ and I Can Only Imagine, they're all the theme is basically on forgiveness, but the, um, mm. the influence is from the Catholic Church. Yes. So it's, it's Gnosticism, occult, Luciferian worship, mm-hmm. um, false religion. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's all. That's all I have. Well, that's that that's amazing because that was a, that was a good discovery because um, you saw that coming months ahead of time, and that's coming out. And um, you know what? You, you know whether you see those movies or not. That's, I you know. Yeah, I'm not saying not to see. Yeah, those. whatever. But what you have to keep in mind. You know, if you want to, if you want to see that and go, oh, that was pretty good about Paul. That was, I, I enjoyed it. You know, you have to keep in mind that what you're seeing is not biblical Mm-mm. in the sense that Hollywood has to have literary license to a movie to make it entertaining. Mm-hmm. Now, even if it doesn't have a direct opposition, what was that movie that came out? Last year, a uh, year and a half ago, was called Risen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was really apprehensive to see that mm-hmm. because I thought, oh, here's here's the agenda. You know, the soldiers stole Christ's body and, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, but, but I was really pleasantly surprised at the ending mm-hmm. because it showed a uh, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Turn it off. You don't want to know what happened in the end of Risen. <laughs> but it showed Jesus Christ rose. And of course, you know, there had to be literary or, uh, yeah, literary license and stuff like that to make the movie. But I was pleasantly surprised. Now, would I take that movie as gospel truth and, hey, I saw the movie, so I don't need to read the, no. the scripture? No, of course not. But I saw it and I was pleasantly surprised. So if you do see any of these things, I wouldn't see the transgender one, that's for sure, unless he repents of his uh, sin and gets saved and uh, gets the demons cast out of him and becomes, you know, a regular mm-hmm. dude. Then that'd be different, but I, I doubt that. Yeah, okay, I doubt, I doubt that. Um, but what you have to keep in mind is this: these are ministers of questions. These are fables, endless genealogies. These are things that are not sound doctrine. Mm-hmm. And if you do follow this stuff, if you're if you're looking at Mary Magdalene and going, well, maybe there was a you know, then. You're swerving. Mm-hmm. You're swerving aside into vain jangling, mm-hmm. right? And you don't understand the law. You don't understand anything. These people are making the movies. They don't understand God's law Mm-mm. or where it came from. They don't understand any of this stuff. Vain jangling. And you do that, and then you end up shipwrecking your faith and missing eternal salvation because mm-hmm. you're not thinking clearly. That's the warning. Yeah. So we're not telling you not to go see the movie. Go see the movie you want, but don't think it's real. Yeah, it's not gospel. Remember that movie that we saw a while back, I mean, years ago, um, The Book of Esther from TBN? Oh, my Lord, that was horrible. And it was totally, totally wrong. It was just a it sexual even, love fest. Yeah, it was disgusting. Just was like disgusting. that movie, uh, what was it, uh, The Son of God? Remember, done by the uh, Roma Downey? And Mark Burnett. Yeah, yeah. And how they used that um, model Jesus or yes. something. Yes. Well, yeah. That was the blue eyed, totally... sexy Jesus. 
Hollywood obviously, gospel. it's like it's like this <laughs> the Mary Magdalene thing. You know where they're going with that. Yeah. You know what they're going to do with that. Everything you need to know about Mary Magdalene is contained in the Gospels. Yeah, you don't need to know any more about her. Uh, but you know, just this, you know, Dan Brown and all these um, Luciferian Gnostics came up with this. You know, you know, Jesus and Mary Magdalene had a thing, and they had offspring, and they're still, you know, his kids are still running around somewhere, and you know, yeah. you know, all this nonsense. Well, endless genealogies, fables, uh, leading, leading to shipwrecked faith. Mm-hmm. So, so you know where that's going. I don't know what they're going to do with Samson and the Apostle Paul. You know, I you know I didn't see what was that when Noah came out with um, oh, yes, you know, whatever his name is. I didn't see that. There's a lot of money. I saw Risen because I think didn't we go with a neighbor that wanted to yeah, see it? We did. That's the only reason we were forced to go. Uh, but <sighs> you know, I don't see these things, especially these Tyler Perry feel good. You know goofy things Mm-mm. but um you know other people might enjoy the because it's you know clean entertainment or whatever yeah but you know how they they address these things as faith-based yeah what does that mean what what what's your faith based on yeah you see that word and you just automatically assume it's in jesus christ but yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean that no it their faith their faith based they use the term instead of religion based mm-hmm. but faith in the Greek, is pistis. It means a persuasion. It's a moral conviction. It's not just a re- a religion. You know, you see, um, what's his face? George Bush, you know, in his book, My Faith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see, oh, that's a hijacking of the word. Pistis is a reliance upon Christ for salvation. That's what pistis is in the Bible. That's what faith is. It's an assurance of your salvation through Jesus Christ. So like everything else Satan does, he hijacks. He's a, he's a copycat. That's all they have. And uh, that's how they, they deceive. Mm-hmm. So really that's about it. I don't want to beat a dead horse. Uh, really that's, that's all I have to say. That's, that's the warning. We put out the warning just like Paul gave to Timothy to tell, to tell his people, take heed and don't teach any other doctrine mm-hmm. and don't give heed to fables and endless genealogies and ministers of questions Mm -hmm. or ministries of questions, which don't edify. It's not godly edifying in faith. All right? That's right. And now the end of the commandment is charity of out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Amen. Amen. And don't swerve into vain jangling. (laughs) Jingle jangle. Jingle jangle. All right. Just a little warning and it's all around us. It's all around us. All right. Be alert. Be sober and alert. Okay. Ciao, babies. <laughs>